0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to the MESPA Principal Cast. I am your host, Brett Domstrand, Principal of Lake Marion Elementary in Lakeville, Minnesota. And I am pleased to have a first here. It's our first repeat guest and our newest nationally distinguished principal, Nancy Antone of Bridgewater Elementary in Northfield, Minnesota. Nancy, congratulations and welcome back.
1: Thank you so much. It's great to be with you again. Um, enjoyed our last podcast together. And it's, uh, look forward to this one as well. It,
0: it, everyone, Nancy and I, before we started the podcast, we were talking about the last time that we were together. And that was at the Mespa Institute. And that was now two years ago, or a year and a half ago, that we got to sit down in a conference room and have a great, honest discussion about so many things. And now that you are the next Minnesota National Distinguished Principal, it's just great to be able to talk about the journey of how you got to NDP and what what kind of things you're looking forward to uh, when you're thinking about representing the state of Minnesota. So it's uh, it's great to see you and to uh, to hear you. So everyone, thanks for listening, um, Nancy. So now here we are in summer and earlier you and I had a connection to talk about hiring. And I'm, I want to just start kind of in the field of as principals, we are constantly having to replace people um, add new people as, as our, some of our teachers retire or find other opportunities we're bringing new people in and um, and you and I kind of got to talking about that. Tell me a little bit about your philosophy on what a good hire looks like for Bridgewater.
1: You know, there's, there's a lot of different facets to that, but the one that keeps coming back to me is I have to look across that table and ask myself if that, if that person were a teacher in my building, would I put my own child in that teacher's classroom? If my answer is absolutely yes, that's a good hire for me. If my answer is, oh, no I I'd be really uncomfortable with that, then I have to, I have to be uncomfortable with that for anyone else's child. So that's the, that's the lens that I, that I look at and, and asking again, you know, how, how, do, how will this person match with the team that I'm putting them on? Mm-hmm. And how will they match with our staff in the building? Because you can have someone who, who is a great candidate, but if, they, if you know that they are not going to gel with that team, then why number one, why waste their time and put them through that, that agony and why waste your team's time? But that, that biggest piece for me is what I put my own child, my own biracial children, what I put them in that teacher's classroom. And if, like I said, if I can go absolutely hands down, they'll be great in that classroom, then I would offer that person a position.
0: And that's why you're the NDP right there, <laughs> people. That, that's the, that That is the overlying philosophy of would we put our kids in your classroom? And if we can't answer yes, then we have to de- determine why are we answering no? And then what are we doing as principals, right? Because then that gets into that next layer of, if you are working with people that, that you question, is every kid a good fit in that classroom? And granted, we have students who are going to always have some challenges, and we know that certain personalities do make better fits. We, I think we can all agree with that. Um, but if you're concerned about putting your own children in there, then, then it gets into that next conversation or courageous conversation about what needs to change in the classroom to make it welcoming for
1: all. Correct, and that's, that's, a, that's a hard one to, you know, you know look at in, and ask yourself that question and be able to look in the mirror and say, yes, that, that teacher is fantastic. That teacher will do well with, with all the students that I have to place in that classroom.
0: You know, it's interesting, Nancy, I uh, um, am in the process of hiring an assistant principal, um, and this is the first time that we've had it uh, at the elementary level in my district. And, uh, and when, we're, when we're looking at all these candidates, those are the kind of uh, questions that we're asking. It's not about, will we put our kids in that assistant principals building? Well, it's my building. I, I, but in, okay. in looking at the, how are you going to serve all students, but especially our most marginalized students or underrepresented students within our districts. Um, yes, And it's interesting that, um, just kind of share a little bit about talking the conversation around equity and And everyone I'm, I'm sure that that's listening. we've all seen that baseball field picture where the three people are standing one's taller, one's middle, one's shorter, and we've got the boxes, right We're going equal means everyone stands in the same box. Equity means that we're adjusting the heights of the box and hopefully you've seen the the, uh, the next post where you just remove the fence so everyone can see no matter how tall they are and we've been we've been having that conversation with our candidates that we are bringing forward for this position and talking about why is it important to be able to talk about equity in a, in a way that we can frame it for, no matter the level of education, no matter the perspective of somebody that we're speaking with? Because Nancy, as principals, we hear feedback from a lot of people who have strong opinions in, in a lot of different ways. And, yes. <laughs> and I, I'm saying that for all, all of you who are listening, you know this conversation, is, is then how do you navigate tough conversations when maybe your views don't align with the person you might be speaking to, either in person or on the phone, and understanding why do we need to change our school systems in a way that makes it equitable for every learner. And that means getting them what they need when they need it at that time. Um, Exactly. You, you and I have talked about this before. Even in the last podcast episode, we we had a different conversation around equity because of your journey just to where you are as, as a principal, but as a student growing up on the north shore. And um, talk about how you frame those kind of conversations with parents. Being biracial yourself, um, I'm sure that you bring a different perspective to that conversation. Can you share with with our audience kind of how you how you approach those conversations?
1: it and not all conversations are the same um most of them are different but you know you've I, I go back to that whole relationship piece, and that's why it's so important that you build that relationship with a family, with the students at the get-go, so that if something does go off track, off the tracks, you at least have that relationship to fall back on so that you can, you can be honest with the parent. I've had those situations where, you know, you've got a, you've got a parent of color that comes in and, you know, well, you know, the, the, the bus company, they're, they're racist. They, you know, they, they left my kid. They didn't, they didn't pick up my kid that day. And, you know, then you get to the bottom of it and it's like, well, okay, so I understand what you're saying Um, then, but your children aren't out there when the bus comes. Mm. So tell me how, tell me how we can work on that one. Because when it, when it all boils down to it, this isn't about, this isn't about the, your child's ethnicity or race. This is about the fact that your child isn't out there when the bus comes. And so that's the piece that we need to tweak and um when when you can be honest with people so they understand that not not, not everything is a, not everything is a racial issue
0: yeah
1: um and but it may but it may seem from from their perspective that that is but again allowing those solutions as opposed to you know blaming somebody and that's the piece that that I have come to realize is that if you are, if you're looking at blaming and shaming somebody, and it doesn't matter who you who you're speaking with, your your lens is wrong. If you look at, you know, how what is the actual question that that person is wants an answer to, that's a whole different conversation, because then you can then you can look at it, um, look at it holistically, and try to figure out, okay, what what does this person need from me to solve this problem, mm-hmm. and, and you have, you've got also, um, some of our, 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 uh, parents are coming to us with some, with, uh, trauma that they've had from before trauma that they've had from previous situations. And so I find that I, I do a lot of, of trying to heal and try to mend those, those relationships so that we can, we can help them move forward. And with that, with that end goal in mind, I want their child to be successful. And so that's the same thing that they want. And when you sit there and, you know, have that conversation of, wow, I understand where I understand where you're coming from. Thanks for, thank you for trusting me with that information. Okay, now let me see what I can do to help you help you with this process. Because sometimes it's just figuring out how do I access the pieces that I need to make this better for me?
0: Wow. And I mean, and you're really doing that from a problem solving model. I, I I just kind of go back, like one of the notes I just wrote down here is, is avoiding the blame and shame. You know, I, I we, we live in a world where sometimes it's easier to just blame and say, that's the reason why this problem exists versus, well, let's actually work together to problem solve. I, I that, that framing Nancy is just like, I, you know how that light bulb is going on people. That's, that's what I'm feeling right now is the, is the light bulb because uh, blame and shame. I'm, um, I I eat guilty right here. Sometimes there are times where it's just easier for me to blame the system or blame my boss or blame that if that person just hadn't done this, this, and and it's almost easier, but it's not healthy and it doesn't move the conversation forward.
1: No, and I think that that's part of our whole equity process uh, moving down the road is that right now we're in a, we're, we're in a um, path where, or at a pattern where um, many many people would like to blame all blame all our our whole entire our white population for all the wrongs that have been done well again if you start out by blaming and shaming you know you're going to get you're going people will be defensive Mm -hmm. um they'll be in denial it doesn't serve us so and because the bottom line is that not everyone's caused the problems that we're in today And so if we can, if we can get away from that, you know, it's your fault. It's all, you know, all white people are bad. No, 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 no. There there are good and bad people in every single group. And so we can't, we we can't, we can't blame them for everything that's happened in our world. So if we take that piece out and we go about making connections with people, teaching people, then we can actually reach them. Because if I, if I have shared with you and the well, same thing with parents, if they have shared with me what the problem is, then, then I have, I have that obligation to go, oh, now I understand because I have new information. So therefore I can be of assistance as opposed to being a part of the problem. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, To it's, me, that's huge. Yeah. I, I, and you know, that's a, uh, wow. I, you, we are having this conversation at such the right time. And I guess every conversation we have, Nancy, is the right time for our conversations. But, uh, <laughs> thinking, thinking just more about the, the, you might not have ownership in what the system used to be, but we can all take a, a part then of how we move forward. Even if you're not somebody who contributed, what do we need to do to keep, keep things moving forward? I'm I'm just thinking Correct. about that and you know reading thinking about uh, is it Robin D'Angelo who wrote white fragility no robin yes yes okay and yeah. just thinking about that that guilt that some people have of when they become aware well then it's like I don't like the way I feel being uncomfortable having to have this discussion and and the the reality is for 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 many of our white folks is is coming to the understanding of how the systems have worked in the past and that they haven't benefited everybody is not a reason for us to go, well, I, I feel guilt. And so I, I just want to avoid this conversation. It's okay. Well, how do we make it better? What is it? What is it look right. like? Because we want the best educational experience for every one of our kids. Yes. And, and it doesn't take away from one group or one certain student. What it just does is we recognize that the systems of inequity do exist yep. and it's okay for us to recognize it and take steps to, to rebalance isn't even the right word. To adjust it to to make it fit and work for all, and
1: absolutely. So this is one. This was one of my morning thoughts. One, one morning, you know, it, I think some most many of our best thoughts are are um they they, they come through taking a shower. So this is <laughs> <laughs> this was mine. We can't change the minds of others in regards to racial acceptance and equality by shaming and blaming. We have to use re- uh, reaching and teaching, along with connecting and expecting. Because if you have been taught differently, then I can expect a different outcome from you. So that's those were my those were my morning thoughts one day, and um, it just it really encapsulated my thought on that. Is yeah, you we can't the the shaming and blaming. There is no there's no place for that. But if we if we reach other people and we teach other people and then we connect with them, we can expect something different.
0: Yeah. So so say that again. So it was reach and teach. And then what was and then what and connecting?
1: I'm right. I want to connect, write this down. Connect, I'll, I'll just send it to you, but it's connecting and expecting.
0: Connecting and expecting. That is <laughs> awesome. I just I'm sorry. Of course, I set my pen down, and then when you're saying it, I'm like, oh, I'm trying to write this down now because that is uh, powerful stuff, Nancy. And and so that kind of leads us into the congratulations i started this with is you have been recognized as the 2021 national distinguished principal of minnesota and so first of all second of all third of all congratulations from one ndp to another i it's what what an honor it is to 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 have this privilege of of, of being that principal in minnesota so congratulations how does it feel
1: thank you i feel i feel extremely honored um it's kind of you know, at first, at first, it was you know the whole honor and gratitude, and now it's like I I see that there that the there is a piece of responsibility in there. My responsibility is that I am representing the elementary principals in the state of Minnesota, and that is huge. And I um, I am grateful for the opportunity to represent our principals in our state, and I guess so honored to um, be given be given this award. Um, and you know, I look at the people like yourself who have come before me and realizing that you know everything happens in due time. You know, I was uh, nominated, nominated a total of four times. Um, I ran three times and the third time was the charm. And um, through the entire process, I feel like I've grown as a leader, grown as a principal and grown as a person because that process actually makes you think about the practices that you do.
0: Mm-hmm. And.
1: You know, part of that is the, the the is looking looking at the relationships. How are my relationships with my staff, with my students, with my families, with with the community? And those are those are so important. And I think that you know, part of part of what we need to do, what we need to do is to continue to um, mentor our other mentor up and coming leaders, mentor yeah. the leaders that are already in place. But I mean, just just that piece of you know um, being able to r- put a hand out, reach alongside of us and help accelerate other people beyond us I think is huge and I think we I think that's the that's the responsibility that I feel in this
0: you know it's it, it's interesting that you you say that piece about responsibility Nancy is uh, so last year um, being the 2020, winner mm-hmm. and this was all at the crux of the murder of george floyd yes and and we were all at home in may and and it was a time of uncertainty and we were doing virtual school and i couldn't go back to my building and there's all these all these rules in place and then trying to right. figure out what is a what does the minnesota national principal do in the middle of a in the middle of a pandemic and and to be transparent and vulnerable. Um, mm-hmm. I did not use my microphone as, as the ambassador for equity and justice when it came to everything that happened um, last summer. And as our, as our colleagues were looking for voices, I didn't do that as well. And, and so I just wanna say thank you for recognizing it and, and, and already like stepping into your role for it because I, I gotta tell you, I didn't feel nationally distinguished in, in a place where I felt uncomfortable and uncertain and not, not sure of the right things to say and not wanting to be making mistakes. I'm saying this and, recorded. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the only
1: one you didn't add was yet.
0: Correct. Correct. Yet. That is that. Thank you, Nancy. Yes. Uh-huh. Our, our mindset of, of yet and where, where we're going in this journey. And um, you know, it's, it's, it's just fascinating, though, that once you have that role, there is an expectation of what we will deliver in, in that position. And so I, as we have this podcast and we have these conversations, it is, is how we all grow ourselves. And uh, it's, it was definitely a learning opportunity for me. It's, it, it's caused me to take a step back of like, wow, so then what does that NDP role really look like? Um, and, and so here we are expressing our voices and being able to say this is this is what we represent, and this is how we how we are a voice for principals all across our state who are representing every one of our kids, right? Absolutely. Um, so, so a question for you is as you and I have both been through the process, many of our colleagues are not familiar necessarily with what does it take to become an NDP? And it might seem like uh oh, I would never become an NDP no one would I I don't, I don't even know how you get one of those I I don't speak in front of people or I don't do a podcast or I'm not the uh, I'm not the former president of Mespa or whatever it might be right and so maybe there's this there might be this perception that it's just it's not out there for everybody and I think you and I would both say um, this is this is something that everyone can aspire to, and it is not an elite. Cl- it's elite in the fact that only one person gets it, but the it, but in the way of going through the process, can can you share with everybody a little bit about it? And I'll add in obviously because I've been part of it with
1: you. Sure, and I would say that in any anyone can nominate another person. Anyone can anyone can be nominated, and then the, but it's not an exclusionary club it's a club where we want to include others. And the, the thing is, it's it, the whole process really is about reflecting upon your leadership, your, your administrative journey. And also it's about what you do for others. Not this isn't about what I'm doing for myself. This is, and that was the hard part of getting the letters of reference because we're not used to looking for accolades for ourselves. Yeah. And so that was, that part was really humbling. And yet, um, I think the rest of the process was looking at what what is it we do for others to make our students successful in our state. And that's the piece that I think many other principals can, they can speak to that. Um, the, the the piece that I think that um, was the easiest piece for me is talking about, you know, what I do in MESPA, what MESPA has meant for me. Um, I don't know, without without the MESPA um, organization, I don't know that I would be where I am today. You know, mm-hmm. it was just nice to know that I always have a team of people out there. All I've got to do is pick up the phone and call somebody, and and they're they're right there. You know, and it, it, you don't have to just stick and stick to your specific district. You can go outside your district. You can go, you can actually go outside your state, and there are people out there who are willing to um, help you with with a concern that you have, or just be that sounding board for you. And, and that's why we get involved with NAESP as well, because. There are other colleagues in other states that really bring a wealth of knowledge to us, so we can learn from other people. But I think that whole process is just taking uh, taking the opportunity to look at your role as a leader and um, actually put it on paper, as opposed to just just thinking about it. But you know, writing it down and talking to other people about what you do as a leader. But again, they I don't want to minimize the role that Mespa plays in that because. All the things that we've done in Masspa, you know, being being the uh, the president elect, being the president, being the pe- uh, past president, those were huge. You know, I learned so much through through that. And I what I the I think the biggest piece I learned is the fact that principals need principals. Yes. And, you know, I've been that, that only elementary principal, um, outstate and with a huge building and trying to, trying to find out how do I make this work? Where do I fit in? And realizing that, oh my goodness, this is, this is an anomaly. And so rather than looking at fitting in, it's like, how do I lead? (laughs) How do I lead others? Because you have a, you have a choice. You, you can either follow or you can lead. You you can't do, I don't know that there's another choice. Complacency (laughs) doesn't doesn't work for me so um, you can't walk
0: beside yourself right so it's uh, a it's 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 interesting because you're you're bringing back a flood of memories and and uh one of the things when when I got my nomination uh from Tammy Stalo Schultz who is not in my district she she and i worked together through the south suburban um, mespa association just just our little local area and we had done some professional development together and some planning together and and she just said hey i nominated you and then i read what she wrote and i went oh my gosh like i don't think that about myself and that it's it's so nice to like when you so when you're talking about those letters of recommendation it's just like that's that is the um uh, that's the reward in itself is, is to get a little bit of affirmation. Right. Okay. This hard work is like, it, it is noticed and it, it it makes you feel like a little better. Cause what do we spend most of our days doing? Filling others. Yeah. It's uh, yeah, we- it, it's, I mean, that's part of this job is right. We, we pour ourselves into our kids, into our staff members, into our families. That is we want them to always when they walk into this building we want them leaving feeling better than they felt when they uh when they're leaving than when they came in like this is just it i come here and i get refreshed and recharged and um sometimes as principals we need we need our fellow principals or need we we need a little bit of that like oh okay other people do can fill us too and and you're right Mespa, any esp um there's so many ways for us to be able to get that, get that support. And, and so even though this is gonna air after the fact is, uh, um, so speaking of NAESP, we've got our, our conference, uh, is it the 100 year or is it the 50 year? 50 year?
1: What's that? Oh gosh. It,
0: this is the big one. This is, this is a big one in Chicago here. And sorry everybody yeah. that I didn't do any background research on which, which, uh, which year we're in right now, but uh, um, it's coming up in Chicago. Nancy, are you gonna be going to the conference?
1: Absolutely. I am looking forward to being in Chicago. I'm looking forward to being in person, looking forward to seeing some of of the other colleagues who I've only seen on on a screen for so long, especially being on the National um, Racial Equity Task Force. I'm looking forward to seeing some of those task force members in person for the first time, especially some of those from uh, different parts of of our country. That'll be really nice.
0: Oh, so, so talk a little bit about that uh, national task force then on, on equity. What is, what is the work that you're doing?
1: Well, we are, we've been meeting for about a year now and really looking at different ways that we can um, help other principals to um, bring tools to the table so they can use in terms of looking at implicit bias and in that, that whole first piece of, you know, what, what is it that you don't know about yourself? Because if you don't, if you don't know it, you can't change it.
0: Mm-hmm. And so
1: then uh, again, giving give trying to get some tools for principals to use so they can so they can use those with their with their staff to again address implicit bias. But then also how can we get people to again change, change their whole perspective on, oh well, you know, I I wasn't, I wasn't aware of this. Or, you know, like the the, the question I had I received um, not long ago was. OK, so as a as a white male uh, privilege, how can I address this? And, you know, reminding people that, OK, so if you're a white male of privilege, actually, you have more power in making those changes than, than you know. Mm-hmm. And again, that's not, that's not, um, that's not a blame on anybody. It's a, it's the, one of those aha moments that yes, you, you can make these, you can make the changes that are needed. You can be the one that's, that stands in the gap and says, this is unacceptable. It will not be, it will not be tolerated here. And that, that's a huge voice. So some of the, some of the things we've been working on through this task force have really helped shape my mantra and where, and where how i would how i would respond to other people when they ask questions such as that so i think that's the that's the greatest value of this task force and we'll be presenting at national as well so looking forward to looking forward to that and like i said i've really enjoyed the implicit bias tools that we've been using and some of the different trainings that we've had looking forward to where we go in the future
0: you know, it's interesting that you. So I was using. Um, I went through nasp pro, uh, provided like that Harvard implicit bias test, and uh, I I took that test, and 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 I uh, transparency again. Everybody is that uh, after taking the test, I I was in my office. I was so focused on. I'm going to get this thing right. I'm gonna. I'm going to just. Oh, I, I was. I not distracted. Really focused. And, and I came back from the results of showing a, a moderate, implicit bias. And I felt deflated. Like, wait a minute, I work so hard. I, I'm doing this and I'm doing that. And I'm trying to justify to myself in front of my computer of why I wouldn't be racist or biased, or it, it right. like all these defense mechanisms. And, and so when you mentioned being a white male of privilege and the power that we have is it, it again goes back into question, why? do I feel this way then? What is, what is making me feel this way? Sit with that uncomfortability and then, okay, what are you going to do then to change it? What are you going to read? What is going to be your next practice? Like, so what does that, so everyone, I got to just tell you, if you Google Harvard implicit bias test, or if you go into your email, if NAESP sends you emails, you can type it in. It was through one of our emails. It was earlier, uh, much earlier this year. Um, but, uh, um, highly recommend that you take it and, and give it your best opportunity and learn from it. Um, it's really a useful tool because then you can also find out what are the next steps for you? Which, what, what can you do okay. next? And as principals, we're all action-oriented. So um, you, you helped talk about what you're doing and I can't wait, I, obviously I'm gonna be going to your presentation if I can, um, it is uh, um, Fantastic. To, learn, to learn more about how we address implicit bias. And, and everyone again, Everyone has bias, okay? that No one is, no one is, Nancy has bias, I have bias. We all are, we, we have to always be working on checking what those are and addressing them as they, as they come along. So it's not about guilt. It's not about saying someone's bad because we feel a certain way or react a certain way. It's
1: what do we do when we become aware and how do we continue to improve each day? Yeah, and, and also remembering it's a journey. And in this journey, you will if you're if you're doing things right you really truly never arrive completely
0: i love talking to you nancy i just <laughs> Everyone, the, the Nancy and I will find a couch, we'll find a chair, we will find a hallway, we will just, every time we, we get to run into each other, it's it's a conversation like what we're having um, right now. It's uh, it's natural, Absolutely. it goes in a lot of different directions. Um, so now, to, to reel us back to uh, NDP, because uh, we, we're we wandering a little bit, but uh, um, so... so You know, we get nominated for the position, but then there's a whole, there's a whole application and interview process. And so, Nancy, as the former NDP, I got to be part of your interview this year. And I got to see the candidates, the very strong candidates that you also went up against. And so that really, people, I'm telling you, Nancy... Did a dynamite job in her interview, but she she had some people who were also extreme had had great stories to tell, and and so it really is a hard place to get. But talk about your experience then with with going through the application and then going through the interviews because uh, it's uh it's not easy, but it can be
1: done. No, and the application process again, you learn a lot about yourself, and again, you're you're looking at what. What evidence do you have of the practices that you're that you're working through that are meaningful for other meaningful for other people? And yeah. so that putting that together and you know bouncing ideas off of other administrators, finding out okay, okay, you know what what it, what do you what do you see about me in this in this area? And it's really it is being vulnerable, being transparent, and then getting ready for the and, and finding out that you're a finalist is huge and then um getting ready for that interview you know get you have 10 questions that you know 10 questions that you don't know and so you can prepare for those 10 questions but realizing that you have 40 minutes or 40 or 45 i can't remember which because i 45, think it was 40 45
0: minutes yeah you know it's and, and you, oh i'm sorry yeah, you me have, you i just want to say i learned so much about bridgewater elementary from nancy's application <laughs> So she's talking about what other people have to say about you, but we also learn so much about what you think about your school and the excellent work that you're doing about your school. So it's really that great chance to brag about, uh, brag, humble brag, whatever we want to call that uh, uh, about your school, because it really, then as we make our way to that in-person interview, we already have a foundation from the written application of what what is Bridgewater about. And now you're just talking about the 10 questions, you know, and the 10 questions you don't know. And uh, uh, we obviously aren't going to r- reveal the questions, but um, um, it, is, it is a little bit of a stressful time.
1: Oh, it's it is stressful, and and that's why you've got to have your got to have your head on straight. And before even that interview, uh, part of the application process is that video that we that we create. Right. Um, and that's about that, yeah. <laughs> and again, that's just giving giving the, um, the the panel a chance to hear us and see us and as they would in, as they would in person. So that was that part was fun fun in in and of itself. But the the interview process is. Yeah, the, the time that that time right before your interview um, is critical, because you, you kind of have to get in the zone. But you also have to know that, okay, 45 minutes is 45 minutes, and you will not get an extra minute. And so you need to be concise, you can't go on and on and on and this is these are these are kind of tools that i've learned from being on the minnesota teacher of the year uh judging panel and knowing that okay if you've got a candidate who takes too long with one question we're not going to get to the we're not going to get to the end of the 10 questions that they have and therefore they're not going to be able to they don't have that same um opportunity to share share every piece and so that was that part was really helpful for me. But then I also know that, yes, I do talk fast, but at the same time, I need to speak clearly so that the information that I am imparting is understood. And so that was the piece I've gotta go, okay, slow it down and actually find find the the talking points that are the most um, important at that time. But um, I'll be honest with you, (laughs) again, being transparent, I may or may not have been singing before the interviews. Um, it, may, it may or may not have been uh, Helen Reddy's song about I am woman, hear me roar. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's,
0: it's whatever gets you pumped up, right? Uh, whatever whatever right. you bring your best.
1: And you know, I I had my office door closed, and and my music may have been a little loud, and I may have sang loud. So so there, if what you do, what you need to do to get yourself ready. But um, I I fall back on singing. Um, not that not that I'm a trained singer by any stretch of the imagination, but that's something that that gets me in the zone.
0: That is so touching and heartening to hear. Like it's it it's what do we always what what do each of us have as our as our personal motivator and our get in the zone for whatever it is we need yeah. to do. I love learning that about you. Um you it's know so- walk up, you know. Right. Yeah. Walk-up music. Have the robe on, get ready to hey, show your belt off. Hey, um, right. you, know, <laughs> um you, you know, so so Nancy, now now here we are. We're talking about NDP and um you're going to be representing <laughs> Minnesota in Washington, D.C. So, so talk a little bit about what's happening next.
1: Yeah. So the next steps is the, the trip to Washington, DC, and we will be going out in October. Um, obviously this is not one I've been to, but um, John Miller Hagen says that this is this is just the epitome of everything, and it's a huge celebration for four principals. So I'm looking forward to going out there. Um, my husband and I will go out with with John and his wife, and that's gonna that's gonna be extra special just to, to go out with the two of them. And um, I I from what I understand, it's um, it's a black tie event, and so I will have to f- uh, find myself an evening gown, which. <laughs> Shopping, huh? I don't, I don't um, do much of that, so that will be a new thing. But um, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the other um, NDPs while I'm out there. Um, looking forward to, I hope, I hope, hope beyond hope that I will get a chance to meet our Vice President Kamala Harris. Really looking forward to that. Looking forward to meeting our our new um, Secretary of Education. Um, so that's going to those are those are the two people that I'm looking forward to meeting and hoping that I get to get a chance to meet them. Yes, I'd love to meet our president I'd love to meet him, but to to actually get a chance to meet Vice President Kamala Harris would be a real honor. So looking forward to that and then uh, we do have our Winter Institute coming up again, and then um, having the opportunity to share with the rest of the Minnesota principals, um, how this year has been.
0: Right. And representation matters. You're speaking about, you know, like that's like, I just, just think about this conversation of what, what you are saying and the power of, of, of that, that hopeful encounter, but to just think about a female multiracial vice president that you might get to meet, which is representative of of, like, it's, it's Mm -hmm. like, that is the, that's the country we believe in. That is Absolutely. the that is the that is the dream that we aspire to see for every one of our kids to see representation. And, and that's
1: um, why our work is so important, you know. There's times when it gets especially like this last year, things get really crazy and we think, oh my goodness, I just walk away, go do something else. And then all you've got to do is see the the faces of your students and and you know that we're the ones that we stand in the gap for those kids. And, you know, through my interview talking, well, one of the questions was something about how would your students describe you? And, oh my goodness, it was like, which, which student, you know, (laughs) I, I feel like I've got someone, I've got a different relationship with, with all, all my different kids and, you know, the, one that i will bring up is that i've got i have another um a biracial student in my school and um we had a we kind of had one of our spirit days and so um, um, my office staff they chose to dress up uh, country and you know that was that's really a stretch that was that was a stretch for me to dress that way because it's like Whew. no, I don't have much country, um, attire, yeah. but, um, I did hair boots on with along with my with my dress. And I, I actually put braids in my hair and she wears braids in her, a braid braids in her hair every day. And immediately when I walked in, the, in her classroom, she's, she's like twin. So every day since every day, she sees me. Hi twin. <laughs> and oh. that that's, I would, you know, to, th- to think that that's what she'll remember is the fact that we are, you know, we're, we're twins. Yeah, yes, we're not twins, but we, I find it, she finally has someone that looks like her. You know, we talked about it that we, we both have, both of our dads are black. Both of our moms are white. And to have that connection, how can I walk away from that? Mm-hmm. You know, and mm-hmm. when you've got When you've got other kids, when you've got that, that one little thing in common and that's what they pick up, they pick up every day, you know, and the kids that they see you and immediately they run, they want to, they want to hug from you. And I can't walk away from that because if I walk away, who else is going to be there for them? Mm-hmm. and so that's what keeps me go, that's what keeps me coming back every day and so when i look at our work our work is so important but it's a it's about again what we do for others and to you know to be able to go to, you know down to the farmers market here and, and see another one of my biracial girls and the next day at school she's like i saw you at the farmers market and it, you know those just those little those little things that make such a difference with our kids this is what we we get to do every yes. single day we, we get, get to do it. do this yes it's
0: it, it's so no, we funny. have to do it. right i uh it, it, it's it's funny that um my um my wonderful wonderful wife and i were were having a conversation and and you know, my job is a little more visible. And so, you know, when she goes out, you know, what is your, what does your husband do or, you know, or, or Brett's your husband. And she said, you know, I don't feel like I'm your wife. I think you got to marry me. This was your, and I was like, you know what I am? I, when we think about how we frame things and, and I, I, she let me marry her and, and brought me into her life because it made my life so much better. And I think mm-hmm. about what then we do for kids, right? Is that they, they're letting us in, they're letting their guard down, or they're being open and vulnerable. So as adults, we can bring our, our love and our joy and our skills to, to helping them grow. It's, uh, it, it's, it's an opportunity. It is a gift that we get to do this ah see people you got to talk to Nancy okay she she is a a bounty of of knowledge and and wealth and perspective and, and so I just recommend that you that you reach out to Nancy um I Nancy we've already four we're already 40 minutes into this
1: oh my gosh Can and you- I have yet to say thank you to Chris Birkley from uh Bemidji he was the person who nominated me and talk about talk about such a really interesting and uh, gracious person and just, I mean, I, I'm so glad that I had the chance to meet him. And again, we were working together with a MESPA team and he's like, well, have you thought about running for, for MVP? And I'm like, well, um, not really, but um, he's like, well, I'm going to nominate you. I'm like, okay. But talk about just an amazing person, and I've I've come to discover that those principles from Bemidji are pretty darn cool.
0: They sure are. They oh, we we <laughs> like them. We we like yep. them a lot. Shout out Chris. Shout out Jason. Hey, we just we gotta just. Give, give give our people up north a, a shout out here because um, um, you know what, that's what mes- makes MESPA so great is that no matter what part of the state you're in, there's a place for you to get connected here um, by being part of this organization. And uh, so Nancy, thank you for being part of the podcast and being,
1: and congratulations on being the 2021 NDP. Thank you. I've got uh, big shoes to follow, but um uh, I will do my best, and I'm looking forward to representing our elementary principals in the state of Minnesota. We are we are grateful that you are that you are leading and representing us, Nancy.
0: Thank you so much for being back on the podcast. It was great to get to, to get to talk with you again.
1: Thank you so much.
0: All right, Appreciate everybody. You. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the MESPA PrincipalCast. If you haven't paid your membership dues yet, now is a great time to make sure that you get your membership renewed because membership does matter with MESPA. And just remember, it gets you everything from Roger Aronson to access to Institute, to all the great other things that MESPA offers, um, all of our professional development. Um, And second, thanks for listening to the podcast. We're glad to be doing it again and uh, make sure you let other people know to listen. Um, With that, make it a great week, everyone. Thanks for listening.
1: Thanks for listening to this episode of Mespa Principal Cast. For more information about the Minnesota Elementary School Principals Association, visit mespa.net.